Hi, this is Dave Coriel, president of Delcor, and welcome to this episode of Reboot IT. I'm sorry to say I'm solo this week, so you're just going to have to put up with my rambling as I go on on this week's topic. It's Reboot IT, the association and nonprofit technology podcast, brought to you by Delcor. And now your host, Delcor president and requirements analysis evangelist, Dave Coriel. So, I saw a tweet that talked about project failure and the fact that it's not your technology, which made me start thinking about why do projects fail? So I'm rolling together some conversations I've had with CIOs recently, both in and out of the 501c community, as well as, uh, you know, thinking back to a blog post I wrote about three, four years ago about project success and failure. This is going to be pretty high level. What I want to do is just bullet point some some considerations for you to think about as you're working on your next IT-related project. And I'm going to be pretty negative. I'm going to stick with the failure theme as opposed to, hey, how to make your project more successful. Maybe it's just because it's Monday. I don't know, but let's go down that path. So why do IT projects fail? Number one, communication. Probably the biggest reason an IT project fails is because of lack of communication. And that goes across the board, right? There's a lot of different elements about an IT project that need to be communicated. Why we're doing it also known as the business requirements. Why are we even doing this project to begin with? What are we trying to accomplish? What else has to be communicated? The scope. Why? So the stakeholders know what it is that's included and not included in this project. That often gets left out. Are you completing a racing matrix? Are you doing a stakeholder matrix as part of the communications planning to make sure that the right people get the right messages and know not only what the scope is, but what they're responsible for and accountable for? You can search online for RACI matrix, R-A-C-I, or stakeholder or yeah, stakeholder matrix and look at them and how to produce them. I'll just say one more thing. It's not the matrix. It's not the artifact that you produce that's the most valuable part of that exercise. It's the conversation you'll have leading up to producing that and getting the whole team on the same page for those two particular artifacts in, in the project charter. So back to communication, you know, the pieces around everything that's big picture the business requirements, what we're trying to accomplish, big picture, the scope, down to the detailed level, requirements themselves. What does the user need the system to accomplish? What is it that the uh, non-functional requirements need to make sure they take into account, whether it's security, reliability, scalability, performance, any of the non-functionals, integration requirements, user experience requirements, et cetera. Then also there's just the, the typical um, well, we've covered business, user, and, and non-functional requirements. And if you can get those not just communicated correctly, but you can make sure that communication is happening when you're gathering and, and developing to those requirements, you've dodged one of the biggest bullets in, in a project, an IT-related project, which is uh, not communicating requirements correctly. So that's, that's one part of what you want to make sure that you're paying attention to. What is the communication plan? And how are we communicating everything to the appropriate people or the right people at the right level as part of your project? Another thing that can sink an IT-related project in terms of communications is the lack of communication when something's wrong. It's hard to put your hand up and say, hey, this isn't correct. And sometimes you see that happen and, and it does create not only a current problem in the project, but a project further down the line if something that's wrong is being forwarded to future stages of the project. So you need to make sure that the fee, that, that the team feels safe enough that if there's a problem, they can raise it and deal with it. There 
hasn't been any IT project that I'm aware of where there haven't been changes made along the way or something that was discovered along the way that led to a problem. So we need to make sure that we're okay with that in terms of making sure that it gets raised so that it can be dealt with, even if it means changing scope or changing timeline or adding additional resources. And that's an uncomfortable thing for a lot of project teams to do. And the lack of communicating when those things are found is the root cause of why they get pushed down the road and then there are bigger problems later. Speaking of requirements, there's a number of exercises we do in the beginning of projects that highlight how easily it is to miscommunicate or not understand a communication that you thought you understood so that the project team understands how important it is not just to listen, but to consistently seek clarity in requirements and seek clarity in making sure that they're repeating the requirements correctly. Because what happens is it's not just communicating them, but making sure that you're managing them and writing the requirements correctly is another key aspect of why some IT projects fail. So we have communication, and the second category is really you know, poorly managing or writing the requirements. Writing the requirements is a subset of communication, that's true. However, making sure they're written in a way that's not only understandable, but accurate, and that reflect the requirements necessary for the user to receive value out of the system is really what we're after here. So we we have to make sure that we understand what's valuable to you, whether we're writing requirements around something like a dashboard or a user authentication uh, portion of, of of a system, or whether we're talking about something that's really transactional in nature, like a registration or a purchase. The user has to be able to complete their task and receive value out of it, whether it's an individual user trying to do something like purchase something, or whether it's a team looking at dashboards, making sure they're getting the value out of the data that's in it. So understanding what those requirements are and writing them in a way so that they can be understood by the development and implementation team is critical. And just as important is managing those requirements going forward, not just writing them, setting them aside, whether it's in the form of user stories or traditional declarative type requirements, moving them forward so that the the implementation and project um, development team can put them in. They have to make sure you're managing them too. It's not just writing them once and moving them. It's which requirements are being met, which requirements are being uh, moved to a different development cycle, which requirements need to be revisited because something's changed in the value proposition of that particular section of the system, which requirements need to be clarified because they're still ambiguous to the development team, et cetera. That's managing the requirements going forward, which ones are met, which ones aren't met, et cetera. So having a plan of how you're going to manage the requirements, not just write them and communicate them is just as important as making sure that you're communicating them correctly. So communication, poorly managing or writing the requirements are two reasons that that projects do fail. Managing and writing requirements is really important, and that does filter all the way up to what the business objectives or business requirements are. I talked about those a minute ago. Business requirements are what we're trying to accomplish by implementing this new system or or achieving this IT-related project. Business objectives are different. Business objectives are what the organization's trying to accomplish. And that's a, a broader picture, a wider scale. So what I'm saying here is that sometimes IT teams know in a vacuum that they're replacing a system or that they're replacing a system because they want to improve the user experience, but they're not really aware of how it fits into the strategic or business objectives overall. And it's really helpful to have that context in an IT-related project. 
not just what we're trying to accomplish in this one particular project, but also as we're trying to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish as it relates to the overall business objectives, the organization's mission, vision, and, and, and overall business objectives. I feel like I've said objectives 48 times in the last two minutes. That's okay, though. They're important. So I also want to talk about project planning issues, and there's a difference between system requirements and project requirements. You know, I feel like in this community, we've come a long way in the last six, eight years of identifying that we need business analysts and project managers on IT-related projects because they've gotten complicated enough that we can't just run them within an IT. And now it's to the point where you're almost surprised when you go into an organization that has 60, 80, 120 staff, and they don't have a PMO or they don't have a project management um, general way of doing project management within the organization. So project management, even though it's maturing, still has room to grow within the association nonprofit community. Make sure that when you're, you're looking at your project management issues that you're dealing with all of the conversations that need to happen and that you have appropriate project management skills and resources available throughout the project. There's many organizations, uh, including us, of course, that do project management for associations. So you have a lot of external resources you can pull from. And whether it's on a short or long term, it, it's going to be up to you if it makes sense from your business model or the the way that the project is being uh, rolled out within the organization, whether you should hire someone or bring someone in from the outside to run the project. But you definitely need that expertise as part of it. You need to make sure that you're paying attention to uh, the change management plan that you're developed as part of the project, right? This is PM stuff. What is the change management plan? And, and of course, part of that is also the risk assessment. What are the risks of the project? What do you make sure you, you have in place for mitigation as well as contingency within those risks? And it's almost going back to the, the stakeholder and, and matrix and the RACI matrix. Those creating a, a, a risk analysis matrix it's, it's more about the conversation you have to create it than it is about that moving forward as far as the value goes. However, once you're in the project, making sure that you're revisiting those risks and identifying any new ones is really just as critical to make sure that as you see things on the horizon coming at you that are potential problems, but not problems yet, in order to hold off, in order to make sure that you're, you're, you're avoiding a potential project failure, identifying and talking about risk Example, lack of user adoption. That's a really common risk. Like That's what I mean. Identifying that as a risk and, and knowing that it's a risk and then saying, as, as a result of identifying it as a risk, one of the things we need to do is have these four tactics, A, B, C, D, to increase user adoption as part of this. Part of the reason that people don't adopt things is they don't understand them. So training will be a tactic to mitigate that risk. Part of the reason people don't adopt the new system is because they're not sure what's going on with it or what its value proposition is. Communicating these different points to address those issues is part of the risk mitigation, et cetera. So having those conversations and coming up with those mitigation techniques will certainly help you avoid a project failure. There's a couple other things that have come up in conversations with CIOs, and one of them is their involvement, but a lack of involvement throughout the leadership of the organization in a project. It's critical when you're looking at a project that affects the entire organization that leadership is visible in the project and visible with its support of the project. So whether that's through all staff communication, through any events that are happening that the leadership can show support for the project on, whether it's being part of uh, any type of celebration, certainly, as we reach certain milestones 
uh, in, in the project plan, that's really important for leadership to show that they're supporting the project. And it's not only their visibility, it's their participation. It's one thing for a leader to be at what I was just saying, like a milestone celebration party, say, hey, this is great. We've reached the goal. You know, let's keep going. It's really important to the organization. Here's, remember, this is how it connects back to not only what we're trying to accomplish from, you know, a project perspective, but as an organization, this is how it ties back to our strategic and our, our objectives as, a, as, a, as an organization fulfilling a mission and a vision. That's great. But they really also have to participate and be present in particular parts of it where critical decisions need to be made. As we are saying earlier, there's always something coming at you in an IT, a large IT project that leadership needs to make a decision about. It's, it needs to help prioritize. It needs to help make sure that the team feels supported in making and helping them make decisions or making decisions for them to give them direction. So it's not just the, hey, we're doing great communication that needs to happen to leadership. It needs to be present in those decision-making meetings and ensuring that it's participating and showing its its uh, understanding, leadership showing its understanding of the value of this project to the organization. Here's a good example. When, when an organization is going through um, a project to implement a new cybersecurity platform and they want to make sure all the, the staff and the team participate and see the value, it's important for leadership to be there and in the communication of, hey, this is the platform we're going to use to educate ourselves on cybersecurity-related threats as well as how we can make sure that we build a cybersecurity culture within the organization. So, and this is how I am the leader this is how I, the leader, am going to participate in this, not only from a supporting it perspective, but I'm going to take all the videos, I'm going to watch the videos, and, and we're going to put the results of my tests up, or whatever it is, whatever works in your culture and in your organization, but showing that it's not just a matter of supporting the folks who are going to use it, but supporting the actual effort itself by being part of it. So leadership being involved is critical, and then What that can help avoid is another risk, which is users becoming uninterested or disengaged in the project. Users, when when I say users here, I mean the users who are going to actually use the system or systems we're talking about in the end. They need to remain involved in the project for several reasons, one of which is they're the ones who know what the system needs to do for them to, to derive any value out of it. Right? They're the ones who understand what they're trying to accomplish from a workflow perspective or from a transactional perspective, that if they become disengaged and just say, eh, no, the way it's working is fine. Eh, no, I'm happy with what I have. Eh, no, yeah, it's kind of a pain, but I'll do it anyway. They're the ones who can sync this also because you have a team trying to implement a new system that's supposed to deliver value to them. And if they're sitting there saying, eh, we don't really need anything different, because they're disengaged with the project overall, then the team that's trying to do the requirements gathering and and the team that's putting together the implementation and development plan isn't going to feel real engaged about their delivering or isn't going to feel real appreciated or engaged that they're actually developing something that's going to deliver value to people. So their level of enthusiasm and care or consideration for the system is going to decline as well. One other thing to keep your eye out and for is requirements changing. So there's a difference between scope creep, which comes into the PM world, right? The project management world where the, the, the project takes on new elements that weren't part of the original scope. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the requirements actually changing. 
This happens sometimes when there's a staff transition or a leadership transition and the new person in a uh, particular role wants things done in a way that isn't in line with where the system was headed before that staff transition happened. This also happens as a result, and it's just natural because what happens is folks are in the beginning of the project, they're just not as likely to be as engaged as they are further in the project when the system's being delivered. So sometimes what happens is during requirements gathering, folks aren't quite as, uh, what's the right way to put it? They're, they're, not as, they're not as interested in telling you all the things that they need to tell you because they have work to do. So when you're trying to gather requirements from them, and, and I'll stay away from the whole requirements conversation right now, but when you're trying to gather requirements from them and they don't give you everything you need and you don't draw everything you need out of them, later on when they see what you heard or when you're trying to um, you know, validate that the requirements that you have collected are accurate, they might also be a little bit disengaged and say, sure, that looks right. But when you're trying to deliver a system to them, that's when you're in a particular position where the system has to do something specific for them based on the requirements, but it might not be what they had in mind, even though they felt like they described it correctly. So they will change their requirements at that point and say, you know, that's not what I really wanted. This is what I wanted. So there's no reason to have blame all around there because it is a question of whether or not the requirements gathering team was doing a, a good job of A, gathering the requirements, B, communicating it during the validation period, and then C, communicating it to the development and implementation team, and then D, whether or not during the implementation there's room wiggle room for any type of change in the requirements. So like I said, I'm keeping this at a pretty high level. And I just want to buzz through these again. Major reasons that IT-related projects fail. One, communication. And that comes in all sizes and shapes. Two, poorly managed and written requirements. Three, unclear or poorly communicated business objectives that are different than business requirements. Four, project-related issues. Project management support. Project management not being where it needs to be within the organization. Five, Lack of leadership involvement or lack of leadership participation at critical moments when it's beyond just needing to communicate and be part of the celebration. Six, user disengagement. If users become disengaged and aren't involved, the project team's certainly not going to feel the energy or necessarily understand how to fulfill their needs. And then lastly, changing requirements throughout the project. Those are seven reasons. If you take those seven reasons and try to plot out a way to mitigate the risk of them happening in any IT-related project, you're certainly going to increase your level of success. So I hope that's helpful. As I said, most of this IT project-related failure and success stuff comes from uh, 30 years of being in this business, but uh, recently it's really become a great topic of conversation, especially around uh, a lot of the the CIO water coolers that are happening in the association nonprofit community, as well as the CIOs that I engage with outside of the community. So uh, I hope it was helpful, and I hope you took some things away from it. it will help you increase the success of your IT projects going forward. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on Reboot IT. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. And toss in a five-star rating if you could. Reach out to us on our website at delcor.com or on our social media sites. We'll see you next time.